Hey there, everybody. This is Shell Broadnax here, and I want to welcome everybody. But as people are starting to come into the meeting, if you can help me test my equipment by just putting in the chat box uh, that you can see me, hear me, maybe say where you're from, what state you're located, and how long you've been in business. All right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about uh, setting goals. Um, you know, a lot of people have uh, they think goals are just scary. And for some reason, like it's some big mystery to be able to tackle them and whatnot. And it's really not, it's super simple. So I'm going to break some things down with mindset, visualization, and um, uh, teach you how to set your goals. And let's talk about goals and dreams. So uh, this is probably, you know, can be explained several different ways. This is the easiest way that I've been um, able to kind of explain it well, where people really kind of identify with this. I'm also going to tell some probably some anecdotal stories about myself and some realizations that I've had about this um, essentially as well. So a dream is really, it's what I call the outcome that you desire. And a goal is the outcome that you're committed to, to making that happen. And a strategy really in simple terms is a well thought out plan that you're going to use in order to achieve your goals, which then completes your dreams and makes it possible to hit or exceed those goals. And of course, your mindset is the attitude that you're going to use to pull it all together. So let's talk about uh, focus a little bit. So correct focus is a, really a reliable method that's going to guarantee that you really stay on track with what you're doing. Because your dreams, they're not going to happen without strategies, goals, and a, provid, a, a positive mindset and the correct focus. So without each of these, they're all pointless and ineffective. So dreams without goals and a strategy to reach those dreams are simply dreams. So dreams are really the first step in creating that goal. And goals are the first steps in reaching your dreams. And strategy is the method that you use to make all your dreams happen. Um, so what I want you to do right now is I want you just to take a few minutes and think about your business. And I want you to envision your dream business. What does that business look like to you? What does your logo look like? What types of homes do you want to stage? What types of clients do you want? How much money do you want to make? And do you want a warehouse full of furniture? How many staff members do you see yourself having? Do you envision a warehouse manager on a forklift picking out that champagne colored sofa for your staging job? Think about what you really want your business to look like. And after this, when you have some minutes uh, to sit down with yourself and really go through this, take like 20 or 30 minutes and imagine your dream business. And I want you to write it down in a narrative fashion. And I mean, dream big finished product. Imagine where you want to be in 10 years, not simply where you hope to be in a year. So I'm going to give you an example when I talk about envisioning your dream business and how big that I want you to make it. So here's a good example. My dream business services the luxury market with homes ranging from the $1 million to $5 million range. My logo has a very high-end luxury look with a feel of silver and gray colors. My website is stunning with large photos of my best staging work professionally photographed. I've made a name for my brand in my area and real estate agents and homeowners contact me to stage prior to their listings going on the market. I have a project coordinator who coordinates all the logistics of each project. 
I have a biz nanny who helps me keep myself organized and on track. I have a warehouse manager who runs my fully stocked and well-organized warehouse. We have vertical shelving systems, forklifts to retrieve items stored on higher levels, and we use a golf cart to drive from one end of that warehouse to the other end where our offices are located. We use an amazing inventory system that uses barcodes to track our inventory, create pick lists, and invoices our clients. We have two box trucks that are beautifully wrapped with our luxury brand messaging that would make anyone who saw it desire our service. I'm able to focus on the sales and marketing of my business while I have three full-time stagers who complete all the staging projects. The warehouse manager has two full-time team members who will load and unload our trucks and make repairs to inventory when needed. Everyone works well together in order to achieve our overall goals of the organization. Our clients love every one of our team members and they view us as part of their team. And I'm able to pay everyone great wages, provide them with two weeks paid vacation and offer them profit sharing based on hitting our goals as a team. So that's a big dream statement. So that's something that I want you guys to really consider about what you want for your business. So you can be in business for five years and still do this process if you want to change your business. So here's a tip. Um, if you noticed it, all the words that I used were positive and as if it already happened. My website is stunning as opposed to my website will be stunning. So you always want to talk about your dreams and your goals and your strategies in, the, in a forward sense. So let's now talk about goals. So everyone understands in general terms that goals are important, right? You know, but not too many people truly understand how goals affect their overall success. And even fewer people really understand how to set goals and use strategies to reach their goals. So goals without a strategy are simply a declaration of what you want to happen. In other words, it's a dream. So when you first set out, uh, when you first set your goals, you want to be sure what I say is set them high enough to freak you out a little bit. I think it's a great thing to be able to do. When you set your goals too low, they become self-limiting. It creates mental obstacles that will prevent you from aiming even further, and this will shortchange your results. So setting them high enough to freak you out a little bit causes excitement, and it motivates you to do what it takes to achieve the goal. Now, this is not the same as setting completely unrealistic goals, which results in not achieving anything close to your goal. <clears throat> So if you set a personal goal to earn $100,000 and you've only been earning $75,000 and you actually hit $98,000, are you going to consider that a failure? Of course not. What if you hit $110,000? It's not unheard of to exceed your goals, especially when you set them high enough to freak you out a little bit. In fact, most of the time, goal-oriented people exceed their already highly set goals. So when you set a goal, you really must be willing to commit to reaching the goal. And when I say commit, I mean that you're stating nothing. And I mean, nothing's going to stop you from hitting that goal. It's just simply, a, it's a priority. And I want you to imagine that you set yourself up for success when you do a few key things. 
what I want you to do is take that dream statement. And I do want you to write it down after this, write it all down. And then you're going to take each sentence in your dream statement and you're going to create a goal around that statement. Okay. So what this basically means is uh, let's take this golf part, uh, golf cart statement. We use a golf cart to drive from one end of the warehouse to another where the offices are located. So you're gonna write your goal that it will support achieving this part of your dream statement. So the goal is I will buy a golf cart by June 1st of this year. Do this for every line of your dream statement and create as many as you need. So when you put a, a date behind it, put a realistic date behind this as well. So your strategies, let's talk about the strategies. Now, a strategy in simple terms is just really a well thought out plan or method that you're going to use to achieve your goals, uh, which then again, completes your dreams. So you think of your goals as an agreement between yourself and your business that is going to help you succeed. Think of the strategy as the obstacle course that you will need to complete in order to achieve your goals. Now, by adopting strategies for your business, you'll be creating a vision that includes policies and procedures, which ultimately creates your brand and builds a rewarding and successful business. Now, after you implement all your strategies, you're always going to have to massage them a little bit, adapt it, and based on the results that you obtain, look at it again, adapt it a little bit more. So, but without these strategies, you're going to miss opportunities to analyze the results of what's happening in your business. So if you don't have a strategy, what happens? You're really just milling around all over the place, just allowing stuff to happen with your business, and you have no way to gauge your success so you can improve where you're needed. So let's add strategy to this exercise, okay? Your dream statement, I will buy the golf cart. Uh, we will use a golf cart. We use a golf cart from, to drive from one end of the warehouse to another where office, offices are located. The goal was to buy the golf cart by June 1st. Now your strategy is going to be is that you wanna research new and used golf carts, compare the models, make a decision based on price and value and need uh, with the need with what type of model that you're going to choose. Figure out if you can afford it now or is this something that you need to save for? If you can afford it now and it makes sense, like if you already had the warehouse and you needed that and you can do it, buy it, find it and buy it. If you need to save for it, figure out how much you need in order to buy it and then divide that up by the number of months that you put on your goal. So if it's January and you put the goal of June 1st, you're gonna take the total number of what that golf cart's gonna cost you, divide it by six, six months. And that's how much money you need to save every single month in order to be able to get the golf cart by June 1st. Now, if you do need to save for it, what I would recommend that you do is finding a picture of that golf cart that you want and creating a vision board. Now, I know a lot of people, they also don't necessarily understand the vision boards. Um, again, law of attraction and visualization and manifestation is not just sitting around and wishing upon a star to make, you know, that something will happen to you. But when you create that vision board and you look at it all the time and you're working your strategies, don't be surprised that if the golf cart that you want or a better one just happens to come across your path, might even be a better deal. Um, and sometimes even free. You just be surprised what can come your way when you start to manifest things. So over time, as you do this for each uh, goal, 
and each strategy that you create for your dream that you can check every single one of these uh, strategy statements off as you complete them. So let's talk a little bit about visualization and the law of attraction. So when you have a goal, again, it's really good idea to visualize uh, the techniques in order to achieve your goal. So there's a few things uh, that you can do to do this. Number one, set a time and location. So find a quiet place. Best practice, of course, would be in a quiet place where you have no interruptions. So I do this a lot when I'm in bed at night and I'm falling asleep or when I wake up in the morning, uh, when I'm having my cup of coffee, I do it uh, in my barn. I'm, I have horses. So my barn is really my serenity. It's my peaceful place. Um, when it, the weather's nice, I actually go out into a pasture and I sit in front of a tree that I have and I stare at the horses and I contemplate and I think about my goals and I visualize what it is that I want. So find what works for you. But when you do it, your visualization, I really want you to imagine achieving that goal and picture it like a movie. So it's important that you see yourself already having achieved the goal, even though you don't, you might not even have a clue of how to go about achieving it. So if your goal is to buy a new home, imagine living in the home. If you're visualizing a promotion, imagine yourself already having the job and thriving at the job. Feel, feel the emotion in it and hang on to it. Feel how great it feels. And in no time, those feelings will start to become second nature when you start using visualization techniques. So have you ever watched a scene in a movie that was so moving that it evoked an emotional response from you? Have you ever been brought to tears over something sad, happy, or triumphant? So when you're visualizing, I want you to get the same point of emotion that you do when you're watching a movie that moves you in that way. So feel the pride, feel the joy, feel that confidence in achieving your goals when you are visualizing this in your mind. So it's also important to wake up every day and consciously recognize what you're grateful for, um, what you already have. It's important to have a general outlook of gratitude and to consciously recognize it regularly. Um, visualization is great, but if you, if you don't really want something, then you won't really achieve it. And when you lose the law of attraction, it's not about, again, just sitting around and visualizing or wishing. Visualization is it's a tool that you're using in order to manifest positive energy into the universe that will come right back at you. So imagine that visualizing and the goal setting is like giving a big stir into the universe of all the things that you want that are sitting out in the universe. And by stirring that universe, you're pulling that positive energy back into your life. If your goal is not a priority, then you really don't want it. You'll find excuse after excuse to derail you from hitting your stories. So I want to tell you just an anecdotal personal story because um, this also works in the negative. So do you know anybody in your life that is just a, a negative Nancy? Someone who's got that black cloud that just follows them. Bad things always happen, runs of bad luck. It happens. And believe it or not, I used to be one of the most negative people on the planet. Um, and it took me up until my 20s. It was in my 20s and uh, in the workforce where things started to change for me a bit. Um, but, you know, I was a single mom, you know, working, to uh, working hard, didn't get child support, was struggling to make ends meet. But, you know, every time I would go to a restaurant, 
my order would come back to me wrong. So I'd even tell people, you know, no pickles, please on that hamburger. And I was just so negative. I was down because of every, nothing was going well. I wasn't getting help. I was struggling. So I was always down. And when I would go to that restaurant, I'd say no pickles, please. They'd bring me pickles. And I always thought I'm going to get pickles on the burger. So why even tell this person not to put pickles on the burgers? Because every time I would do it, as soon as I would do it, I'd look at my friend who I was eating with and I'd say, watch, not only going to get pickles, they'll do extra pickles. I guarantee it. And lo and behold, as soon as that burger would sit down in front of us, we just look at each other and somebody else would laugh at me and I'd about want to cry because not just two pickles on the burger, I'd have like six. So I would always get the extra, but it was because I always expected it. And when you expect that to happen, guess what? The universe is going to, to deliver. They're absolutely going to, the universe will absolutely say, hey, you don't want it? Here it is. Take a whole bunch of what you don't want because what you focus on, you get. So let's talk about mindset. One of my favorite quotes is one by Henry Ford. If you think you can, or you think you can't, either way, you are right. Um, and this just rings true with everything that you do. So always keep that in mind. So I want to talk about uh, mindset. So your mindset is really an attitude that you have towards um, a situation in your life in general. So it's going to determine your success for sure. Um, I, I, how do I word this? How often do you hear people say, boy, I set out to hit a goal and from the beginning, I never believed I would. Not often, because it really doesn't happen. But your mindset is the single most important strategy that you can have for your business. And if you don't believe that you're going to be successful, then you will not be successful. It's really imperative that you approach your business with 100% positive mindset. So I want you to take a look at your general mindset and really, and I mean, really take an honest look. Does your mindset keep you from hitting your goals? So at this point, when you're setting your goals and setting your strategies, if you're getting the feeling like you're on a runaway horse and there's nothing that can stop you from getting to where that horse is taking you, that's when you're on the right track. So when you're in a positive mindset and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then it's going to feel like nothing's going to stop you. And if you pay careful attention, you're going to find that the universe starts opening up those paths in order to make everything happen. And they'll start happening and they'll start pinging off of each other. So if you take a step back and really live in each moment to see this happening, it's really quite magical. And when you're, if you really take that look, they're like little breadcrumbs that you can follow that the universe just puts in front of you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about changing your mindset. I follow this guy called Mike Dooley. Last name is spelled D-O-O-L-E-Y. First name, Mike. He has this quote that I love. It's called, thoughts become things, dude. So it's also what I call internal chatter or the conversations that we have with ourselves is what determines um, every success that you'll have and that um, everything that you're going to consider that's an actual failure. So internal chatter are your thoughts which become things. And the difference between what you're doing now and what you want to happen in the future stems from your mindset. So again, those self-limiting behaviors, becoming insecure and frustrated with no direction will change only when you change your mindset. So there's seven mindset strategies that will determine um, 
your, uh, that will dramatically improve your business and life in general. So these should be, can be implemented. They're in no particular order. Um, in fact, they all actually need to be done at the same time. So yep, you, you are gonna multitask like mad. So the first thing is a learning mindset. Typically this happens when life is not working well. So again, if you feel like you have a black cloud that's following you or you've had bad luck or you keep hitting those obstacles when you're struggling, the quickest way to get out of this vicious cycle is to simply ask yourself, hey man, what are you supposed to learn? What are you supposed to learn from this? Offer yourself some ideas on what the universe is trying to tell you, teach you, or show you. Once you recognize and learn that lesson, the universe opens back up and starts putting what you need in the next path. So you want to embrace that. Fighting it is futile. If you embrace this, you will actually take control back and get you back on a way to forward motion in reaching or exceeding your goals. I'm telling you, this is so, so much the truth. I know it like I know that I woke up this morning. If you focus on the negatives, instead of learning the lesson, the universe is going to pull the rug out from underneath you. You will learn the lesson the hard way, um, like spending eight months recovering from a setback. Um, it, it's just one of those things, you know, when things keep showing up over and over and over. And I always use the example of uh, when you're dating. So if you're in the dating mode and you can't seem to find that uh, right person for you and but yet the characteristics you date one person it's a train wreck you break up the next person comes in line they have similar traits and it's like you're dating the same person they look different they sound different they dress different they have a different name but it's the same person because the universe you haven't learned the lessons but as soon as you learn that lesson about what you're supposed to learn about maybe the right person that you should be dating or what you really don't want in your life, that person will absolutely stop showing up in your life once you learn the lesson. It is literally magical the way that it happens. So that's kind of one, um, one example of how that you can use that. So let's talk about goal setting mindset. So this typically tends to happen when you're not being challenged a whole lot, okay? So again, if your goals are not significant, they're not challenging you. If you're not being challenged, then you're not going to change. And you know what? You can do it all day long, but if you're not willing to do the work to achieve it, you're not in a goal-setting mindset. So you want to set your goals, again, high enough to freak you out just a little bit. And when you do that, you're going to have to really kick the crap out of any obstacles that come your way. So when you think of those obstacles, it's the obstacles, again, it's the foundation of the road to reaching your goals. Um, and you just want to slay all those obstacles every chance that you get. Um, so again, set your goals high enough to freak you out a little bit and you work your strategy and then that magic will happen. So let's talk about the patient mindset. So a lot of this timing's not right. So that old saying, patience is a virtue, could not be more true. So I really want to take this a step further and state that, you know, during the time when it seems like you need patience, it's the universe ways of doing a few things. Number one, you need a lesson in patience. Two, could be the universe's way of preventing you from choosing or doing the wrong thing because what is supposed to happen or come your way is simply not ready. So when you're attempting something and nothing is working, this is when you need patience. So if you're patient, 
and you settle for something instead of getting what you really want or what you really need, you may end up missing out on something better. So yes, the waiting is brutal. I hear you. I get it. Um, if, if you're in this dilemma, take a step back and realize what's happening. When you take a moment to recognize what is happening, it takes the sting out of the frustration and just being able to say, oh, okay, I get it. What am I supposed to learn? Again, what are you supposed to learn? This puts a halt on all the crap and it gives you all the, all, it gives you time to learn that lesson. So the universe is lining something up. Keep at it, but don't allow frustration to kick in because it will work out. So again, if you listen to that universe, respond correctly and watch that magic happen. So the next mindset is a courageous mindset. Now, this really happens when you take a step outside of your comfort zone. So courage or bravery is really required to do something beyond your comfort zone. Now, sometimes fear gets in our way and it becomes an obstacle. Remember, again, obstacles should be used to build the foundation of getting where you want to go. Courage is when you step up and do it anyway. Without fear, there's no courage. Courage is what you do to combat and get rid of the fear. So I always say cowgirl up, cowboy up, kick the crap out of what you fear. Got to get out of your comfort zone. When you get out of that comfort zone, that is when the magic happens. So let's now discover the focused mindset. So you want to focus on the correct outcomes. So whatever you do, don't lose your focus. Losing focus means that you're not working towards your goals. Always be looking forward to your goals. The sideline distractions are not worthy of your attention, and it's only going to take you off course. So you always have to remember to keep your focus. And I will repeat this a billion times. Stay on track. The moment uh, you focus on anything other than your goal, you're no longer working towards the goal. This doesn't mean procrastinate. Uh, don't worry about others. You don't worry about your competitors, things like that. Competition is happening regardless of whether or not you pay attention to it or not. So if you don't allow fear of your competition or fear of anything to deter your focus. So do what you need to do in order to default to uh, always be wise in your focus. So focus on your goals and your strategy. And again, that magic happens. So let's talk about um, a little bit more about positive mindset, okay? Feeling positive always feels better than feeling negative and thinking negatively. It's more productive and positivity is a key component in being successful. Negativity is a key component to killing your success. So if you allow that self-chatter conversations in your brain, allow them to be positive ones. The self-chatter will tell ourselves um, only serves us when it's positive. Negative self-chatter tends to cause procrastination and a losing focus. Practice positive self-chatter, even if you don't believe it. So you fake it until you make it. Got to leave that negative chatter behind because again, your thoughts become things. 
Next is the determination mindset. Now this really kicks in when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So you must never give up on what yourself uh, on yourself or what you believe in. I want you to feel so passionate about the outcome that you have 100% trust in yourself that you are more than capable of achieving it. Success is not always easy. People are successful because they do the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Simply put, be willing and show up. Tackle every task like it's a competition. For me, I use a lot of horse analogies. So everything I do, I want to do it with the passion that I'm going to go out and win a buckle or I'm going to win a ribbon. And I mean it. And I have the attitude that nothing is going to take me off of my path. So you really need to that determination focus. And something else I've learned in the horse world, and it applies to business, is frustration begins when knowledge ends. This is a saying in the equine industry. So if you're out and you're working with a horse and you're frustrated it's because you don't have any knowledge of what to do, same things in business. Your frustration will begin when knowledge ends, when you simply don't know how to fix the problem at hand. So correct focus. The strategy is a game changer, okay? If you're the type of person whose regular internal chatter is consistently referencing how unfair life is or how someone screwed you over or have you tried everything with your business and nothing works, um, then you're in a negative mindset. You're focusing on the wrong areas of life and circumstances. So remember one of my favorite quotes, thoughts become things, dude. The more you talk about all the garbage that's happening in your life, the more attention that you're giving it. It is literally like adding fuel to the fire. If you've ever been trapped in a period of time where one negative thing happens after the other, and it seems like you can't escape it, were you horribly upset or depressed for months because of negative one negative thing after another negative thing happened? Well, it's not because the negative things happened. It's how you reacted to those negative things because you're focusing on them. So if you think about it all the time and you go over it and over it in your head and you talk about it to anyone who will listen, simply put, it's consuming you and you're fueling that never ending cycle of negative feelings and emotions. Now, there are many things that I've learned over the years. And one of them is life is, boy, it is so just incredibly short. But there's absolutely no good reason to dwell on anything negative. I get it that things happen, but it, again, it's how you react to those things that creates the patterns in your life. So I want you to think about it this way. When something bad happens, it happens one time, right? Something bad happened one time. But when you react negatively towards it and your reactions go on and on and happen over and over, what has more weight? the instance that happened one time or your thought process where you repeated what happened over and over in your brain and you have that internal chatter again, just replaying it and you're visualizing it and you're, you're emotional about it because it's upset you and you're feeling that again. So those same things, what I described in the beginning about how I want you to feel the emotion to make good things happen. When you feel all those emotions and it's about negative things, the same thing happens. The universe just keeps giving you crap and kicking you in the face over it. So 
if you reduce the negative and ongoing reactions, you're going to reduce your perceived negativity. And then the problems become less of a problem and more of a simple circumstance. So if you find yourself in a continual cycle of negativity and you can't get out of it, then you must make a conscious recognition of how to change it. So a lot of times um, it sounds funny to do it, but um, it actually works if you've got something going on in your brain and you're just negative, 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 literally get out of my head, 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 say it a thousand times. Say, I don't care how many, you will stop when you get to the point of saying, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? It can take you 10 times to say it. It might take you 10 minutes. Take as much time as you need to get yourself to the point where you realize that that's not doing you any good. And then the thought goes out of your head. So I also want to talk about when you're focusing on things, a lot of people tend to focus on your, your competition competitors. So if you're someone who's really overly consumed about what your competitor is doing, or you have a huge, a huge problem, if that's where you are, it is the single most detrimental way to throw your business off its path of reaching your goals. Now, I talk to business owners, real estate stagers every single week, and I hear the same things. My competitor undercut me. They've announced some big sale off their prices just to mess with me. Every time I turn around, I see them posting on Facebook about something. They're stalking me on Facebook. A client of mine went to them because they underbid me. The list goes on and on and on. I have literally heard it all in 20 years. So here's what I'm here to tell y'all. I'm going to give you some serious gold nuggets right here. And I want to give it to you straight. Your competition is not plotting against you. Seriously, they're really likely not doing it. If you think they are, then you're focusing on the wrong stuff. So people have sales, they use social media, they hang out in the same groups. Who has time to sit around and plot against you? Now, if you're stalking your competition and you can give a blow by a blow of their last six months marketing history, then you're the one that's focusing on the wrong stuff. You wanna have, again, correct focus. The key strategy is not to focus on what you do and what you do best. If you're focused correctly on your own business, then it's not going to matter what your, what your competitors are doing. If you find out that your competitor launched a new website and it looks amazing and you know it looks amazing, then you have a few ways to be able to view this information. It's not that you have to go and call this person and talk to them about it, but if you have a negative focus, you think, great, here we go again. I'm going to lose more business because she has more money than I do and can afford everything, a new website. And every time I turn around, she's doing something to attempt to get rid of me. I'm about to give up. Or a positive focus can be, wow, good for her. This looks amazing. Oh boy, it gave me a great reminder. I should update my site as well. And once I update that, I can do a brand new marketing campaign, which will lead to new clients. So again, the focus is just very different about how you think about these things. So again, there's nothing wrong with noticing that your competitor did something and it made you recognize that you needed to update your website or um, anything along those lines. Your com com competition can keep you on your toes and that's okay as long as what you do is being focused on you. But again, if you're stalking your competitor and letting what they do eat you up inside, you are in a no-win situation. Keep your focus on you and what you want to accomplish. Now. Again, I want to tell you just a quick anecdotal story. Um, I ride horses, been riding for about 10 years, 
And of course, after I was writing for about nine months, um, I decided to do what any sane person does who's so green and brand new to writing horses is I decided to compete in a uh, extreme cowboy race. This is what they call them. I wanted to compete. And so to top it off and to really make it real for me, I went to Resacon and I got on stage and I announced to like 300 people at the time uh, when I was giving a motivational speech that I was going to go um, and do this. So not only did I declare that I was planning on competing, but I thought it would be a brilliant idea as to go far, so far as to tell everybody, I wasn't just gonna compete, I was gonna win, like the whole thing. I was gonna win everything. I was gonna win a buckle at the end of the year. I, I was doing it all. So <laughs> what ended up happening is that I was so excited about doing what I wanted to do that I neglected to do a couple other things, which was focus on the mastery of what I was doing and really learning what I was doing. Um, but that was a goal. That's a good example of set a goal where I say high enough to freak you out a little bit. Um, that I definitely accomplished with that. So what I ended up doing was I had a horse. I took him to a, comp a competition. He hated it. Total square peg round hole. And uh, I knew there was no way that I was going to get him to uh, be the horse that I needed in order to achieve this goal. So I followed my own advice and I said, what went well, what didn't go well, what am I going to do differently next time? And I consulted with a professional horse trainer and we decided that that horse wasn't the right partner for me. And so long story short, I went out and uh, got a new partner. So uh, I bought Luke. And so I had Luke for about uh, five days and I went to our first competition. I was so excited and I got there and um, it really, really hit me um, how much I completely sucked. It was absolutely horrible. I drove home. It took me an hour and a half to drive home and I cried the entire way home. Um, so what ended up happening was in the horse world, they have different divisions based on your skill level. So novice was for beginners, intermediate is for intermediate, open is for, you know, pros, people are trainers and whatnot. So I thought it was going to be no big deal as I'm a beginner and everybody else in that division should also be a beginner. But I was surprised when I found out that people in my division had actually been riding for years, like professional horse trainers. They just had green horses and they were entering in this, which was unethical. So some people had lived their entire lives on a horse. And they all decided since um, they'd not done these types of, of competitions, they would go into the novice division, which wasn't allowed, but nobody enforced the rules. So at every event, I was competing against people who knew how to ride and I was so discouraged. And I was even more pissed because I'm somebody who's super competitive and it kills me to watch people competing below their level just in order to win or to do well. I'm not a sore loser by any means. If it's a fair competition and someone whoops my butt, bravo. I will be the first person up to you, shaking your hand, telling you what a great run that you had. So my very first event that I went out, there was a possible 120 points available to score. I scored 13. I was humiliated. I knew I needed to follow my own business, business strategy and start setting my goals. And so for every, my second competition was to double my score. That was my goal. And I got a 26 out of 120 points. Hooray for goal setting, boo for still being last. 
So let's talk about focus on mastery for process, attitude, and skills. So all of these strategies deserve the utmost respect and commitment. So none are more important than others. However, if you need to focus on matching, mastering each one of them equally in order to achieve the overall mastery for your business. So every aspect of each part of your business should be done with the goal of mastery. So I mean everything, scheduling, billing, travel time, deliveries, customer service, answering your phones, phone messages, everything, doesn't matter. Everything you do should be about perfection, making it perfect. So when you're first starting out, if you're struggling, it's imperative that you start to conduct a formal process of evaluation of every process in your business and then create policies and procedures and goals and strategies around them. The biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is they don't take every aspect of their business seriously. So if you're serious about being in business, then you need to seriously evaluate what you're doing and use serious methods and tools in order to set yourself uh, up for success. So by serious, I mean, give it thoughtful attention and conduct an actual evaluation. Don't simply think, wow, that didn't go great this way. Next, this, next time it'll go better. This didn't go great this time. So the first step in creating mastery is to examine the process. So take one area of what you're doing in business and grade yourself um, or each project that you complete. You can grade yourself. Do a Monday morning quarterback or a hindsight is 2020 or an autopsy. People refer to it differently. Refer to it how you want but just do it. So examine the project and look for holes or places where improvements could have helped. What went right? What went wrong? What will you do differently next time? Figure out the holes, fix them, and apply the changes next time. And you keep doing this until you have a process that is smooth and working well. And then you want to write that system down as this written material can now, you can actually use this to create a chapter in your policies and procedures manual, which you should all have for your businesses. So create that procedures manual because you need one because you want to have a successful business that in 10 or 15, 20 years that you can sell it and you're going to need that manual in order to sell it. So not is this only going to help you when you have employees, but again, it's going to add value to your business and helps you create the mastery of your process. So for an instance, when you schedule a, process, a, a project, let's focus on how you master that task. Look at everything that you do from taking the call, reviewing your calendar, scheduling the jobs in geographically compatible areas when possible, the best route to get to that project. So you remember that the goal is for you to operate at high efficiency with high standards, which again is called mastery. This applies again to all aspects of your business. So I don't want you to obsess on the negative of the obstacle or the challenge because those challenges, again, are there to build the foundation that you need to reach your goals. So recognize them, fix them, and move on. Again, do this for every task in your business, and eventually you'll end up getting mastery and you'll have a policies and procedures manual as well. So let's talk about the mastery of attitude. Now, the core of who you are is a driving force within your business and your life in general. Now, the attitude that you have towards your business um, and what you choose to focus on has 100% effect on how your business is going to perform. So first, I'd really like you to take as much time as you need to ask yourself, what motivates you in your business or life? Really think about that and also write it down. What drives you? 
if what's driving you is motivated by anything that has a negative spin on it, then you're not operating in a mastery of attitude zone. An example of what I mean is that if you're doing something in your business in order to crush your competition and your attitude is, I'm going to put them out of business, then this is a negative motivation. A negative motivation is by far the worst type of motivation in existence. The key to a successful business is to create a successful business by using your own means and mastering all that you do, not to take someone else's business out. So people who rely on having to take someone else's business out in order to gain customers, by default, they're going to lose in the long run because this is not this is not them mastering their business. They're not going to be able to service their clientele with this type of attitude and focus. So remember, you want to change your focus to the positive of why you're doing something and you're going to be amazed at your results. So let's talk about master of skills. So this is a anecdotal story to, to drive, really drive this point home with everybody. So already stated, I rode horses. I made the statement up on a stage. I'm going to go out and I win a buckle. Um, I, part of the problem when I first started taking this journey was that I was told that I, I wasn't going to be able to ride and that I was never going to be any good. And somebody just, just berated with me with this. And I set out on a clear path to prove them wrong. And I used that statement to fuel my fire. It gave me motivation to do better. So with this focus on doing something to prove them wrong, which was a negative attitude and being pissed off about the competition, I was still coming in last at every event. So it's one thing if you can use it to fuel your fire, but if you're, again, it's all you're focused on the negative, you don't win. So for every competition, I left pissed off. And I was horribly obsessed with those competitors. Now, for months and months, I stewed about it. I complained. I moaned. I, I mean, I talked to anybody that would listen to me about this. And I even went to the people that were competing below their level and told them what I thought about it. I set my goals and I was hitting them, but I was still horribly obsessed with how unfair it was that those people were division jumping in order to win. Now, to be fair, some were not doing it because they were trying to win, but they did it because they lacked the confidence to ride in the upper divisions, even though the rules said they didn't qualify for the division that I was in. So I went to 12 competitions that season and I increased my scores, remember from 13 points to 70 points, but I still placed last every time, 12 events. Two hours to drive there, two hours to drive home, crying the whole way home, and in last place every time. I did not place one time, didn't even come close, but I kept showing up and I didn't quit. So over the winter break, I practiced as much as I could, weather permitting. I regrouped and I even went to an equine performance coach and she gave me some computer tests and had all types of questions about how I felt about competition and my general practices and mindset. Now it turns out I scored very high in all aspects of the test, except for one. The portion that determines how I feel about competition was low. Now the coach told me, I worry about my competitors too much. She told me that I needed to set my own goals and focus on mastery. Okay. Set goals for every event. 
that Luke and I are to focus on mastering each obstacles as a team. Don't worry about winning a, a buckle. Don't worry about winning a ribbon. Don't worry about the competitors and stop allowing that voice in your head to take over and set you back. So I left this uh, equine performance coach and I was kind of blown away because I literally looked at her and said, um, you've got to be kidding me. I, I do business coaching and quite literally every day of the week, I am preaching to real estate stagers. Don't worry about your competitors. Stop focusing on them. And I missed it absolutely over my own head, even though I say it every single day of the week to people. So I drove my home asking myself, how do I miss this? How could this have possibly happened? So I decided to take my own advice as well as the equine coach's advice. But first I had to get back up on a stage because Risa Khan had come back around and I had to tell 300 more people why I didn't win a buckle. And the point of my motivational talk, I called it, who's your Rudy? Now, Rudy was a horse trainer who was competing in my novice division, the one for the newbies. And I'd fessed up to over 300 people that I was in last place for 12 competitions and explained the power of focus this way. When you ride a horse, you must follow, you must focus on where you're going. Focus on where you're going. Most new riders tend to look at the horse's head or their ears instead of focusing on where they want to go. And they also tend to focus on what they're running into if their horse is kind of, you know, losing control a little bit. I did this often. One of the best examples I can share is I was riding what we call a gate sour horse. And what that means is that no matter what we did, she'd always just want to run to the gate. So one time when she was headed to the gate, she was getting ready to crash my legs into the fence. And my trainer yelled at me from across the arena, why are you looking at that fence? And I screamed back, because it's gonna hurt when I crash into it. And she yelled back, look at where you wanna go. And she, we're literally arena across from each other. And I turned and looked at her so I could hear her more or less and was concentrating on her. And the horse turned as if in harmony with the way that I was looking. And it was a miracle that we avoided the fence. So in this analogy, the horse is your business. Your horse goes where you focus your energy. If I wanna get on the other side of the arena directly in front of me, I have to keep my focus on where I wanna go. If I look to the left and get sidetracked on what's happening over there, the horse will move in that direction. So if you concentrate on anything other than your destination or your goal, that you're going to get sidetracked and sometimes you even fall off. Now with my second season, I approached it an entirely new way. I set goals that were between Luke, my horse and myself. The goal was not to win. The goal were things like, we will lope to at least four obstacles. I will approach the obstacle by side passing up to them. My departures will be quick. And the most important goal was I would not scream when I'm afraid and I will not complain anymore. So our first event of the year, we placed first. And I was so not focused on winning. I wasn't even listening. In the prior year, every time they were ready to announce those winners, I was literally on the edge of my seat going, okay, they're gonna call my name, they're gonna call my name, and they never did. This time, I didn't even show up in that area. I didn't care, it didn't matter. I hit my personal goals with Luke and I, 
And that was all that mattered. But then all of a sudden people started screaming, shell, shell, shell. I'm like, where, what, why is everybody yelling at me? And they're like, you won. I'm like, what did I win? They're like, you won first place. So of course I ran over, hit the ground, sobbing my eyes out. I'm a crier in case you haven't picked up on that. Um, that was just a truly epic day. And I applied these same principles for the rest of the season. My worst placement that season was fourth place. And I only placed fourth because one of the obstacles I gave up on. I got scared and I gave up. Had I done that obstacle, I probably, I probably would have won that one or at least placed second. So the moral of telling you this is that through that whole experience of the year, I never placed less than fourth and I actually won the state championship that year. So it was the 2015 Extreme Cowboy Association California State Championship in the novice division. So can you imagine what you can do with your business if you only focus on you and what you are doing? When I changed my focus to my goal setting and not worrying about the competitors, and when I started to compete for me instead of competing to prove somebody else that I'm wrong, that's when I started to win. So I want to leave you with this of that obstacles are not there to keep you out. They're there to keep people out who don't want it badly enough. So uh, that was it. That is it. I will gladly open this up for questions. Uh, so go ahead and either put them in the chat box or you can actually put them in the Q&A as well. If there's not any questions, that's great too. We can always just end um, and I think it's a little bit early. Uh, it's actually just about right on time. So I am happy to stay on for any questions if anybody has them. Go ahead and drop them in that chat box or into the Q&A. Are there samples of policies and procedures? Um, what, whatever your policies and procedures are. So you make them yourself. So you could have a policy and procedure of how you bill your clients. So you wanna make sure that uh, you, you send them an invoice. You wanna make sure the correct information's on the invoice. Everything just needs to be correct. So whatever your policies and procedures are, they're totally yours and they surround every single aspect of your business. You should have a policy or a procedure wrapped around it. Oh, do I have a picture of Luke and I? I am sure I do. I actually don't own him anymore. He bucked me the hell off and caused a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage and the circle of trust was broken. So Luke had to go to a full-time working ranch. Um, and then I bought Brick, who I'd had for about six years. And I took Brick to uh, one competition where we both got heat exhaustion uh, he'd never done it before. We actually took a second and a third funny story. I had heat exhaustion. I was puking on the floor of the barn. They were trying to disqualify me from the event. And I was like, no, no, there's a 13 year old and she's vying for first place against me. And if she wants it, she girl's going to have to earn it. And, um, we did get a second and a third. He placed second in the novice and third in the intermediate session that we did. So that was a, a, a nice, a nice little, uh, tribute to him, but that was the only event I've ever done with him. At this point, I felt like I've 
done. I don't need to prove it anymore. I'm just enjoying my ponies and my farm. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate you. I just need everybody to know that quite literally people's dreams, anybody can do it. You can do anything. I, 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 I use an example a lot of times about athletes and what makes when somebody, you know, is in high school or whatever, and they say, oh, I want to be a professional basketball player. Um, well, if you've got the height, you might not. Hey, there's Spuds. What's his name? Not Spuds McKenzie. Spud. Can't remember his last name. Spud something or other. He was a basketball player. He was a short guy. He was playing ball. But the key is that, again, successful people, they do what it takes to make it happen. Spud Webb, you got it. Thank you. Um, you do what it takes to make it happen. So it is... Um, it's anybody's game, as long as you're doing the work to be able to pull it off. So here's a question. Uh, how would you suggest the best tactics for building a brand new business and getting your name out there? I'm working on my 2022 quarterly plan. Great question. So first of all, again, I want you to create your dream statement. What do you want your business to look like? It's the first thing that you're going to do. And then you're going to set your goals for your business. So for you, if you are brand new and just starting out, so I don't know how brand new you are, but if it's something where you need to build your website, that should be one of your number one goals. So, you know, maybe you, you take this dream statement and you break it down into six months. You don't have to do the dream statement for your entire year or for your entire career, like 10 years down the line today, but you can absolutely do it in smaller bites. So let's just take a quarter at a time. What is it that you need um, in order to make stuff happen? So if you need the website built, your goal is I will build a website by April 1st. What do you need to do in order to make that happen? You need to A, write your content. How are you going to do that? You're going to wake up every single day and you're going to go to work like you have a real job, even though you're self-employed. So at 8 a.m., you're sitting at a desk and you're writing and you're writing, how do you want your services to look like? What is a good bio for you to be able to have on your website? And I'll give you a little tip. If you have your anything about a Barbie dream house on your bio, remove it. Don't put it in. Nobody cares. And you don't want to talk about how new you are or what's inspired you, what you're doing. It just screams newbie. So talk about your bio, about what you can do for your client. So just do that with every single thing about uh, your business when you're starting to build your business and to be able to get your name out there. Now, when you're talking about actually what kind of tactics that you can use to get your name out there. Number one, before you even try to get your name out there, make sure you have your business set up and running. Make sure you're properly insured, you have your website, your policies and procedures are down. And of course, you're gonna to need to tweak things as you go because you're gonna create policies and procedures today. You are going to have a client that is going to come in and uh, change the way you feel about those policies and procedures. They'll do something to be able to show you uh, why you need to change it or to adjust it. And then you tweak and you move on. Um, I particularly prefer the networking way to be able to grow your business, but it's really dependent upon people and your personality traits. So my biggest recommendation is that if you want to get business from real estate agents, you need to party where they party. So number one, you should join your local RESA chapter. If you don't have one in your area, you should start one so you can get your networking going. Number two, you should join your local association of realtors as an associate or an affiliate member, and you should go to their events as well. When you go to these events and you're sitting at a brunch or a luncheon somewhere, don't shove yourselves down their throats. People always talk about this, you know, 60 second elevator pitch. 
it's great to have one. I think everybody should have them. It's not my preferred way of doing it because here's why. Real estate agents get hit on all the time. Everybody is trying to push themselves down their throats. So why would you want to do what everybody else does? Title reps are calling them. Insurance people call them. Um, home inspectors call them. You name it. They're always being hit up by somebody. So instead, I like to go the mysterious route. So remember when y'all were dating and you liked somebody and then that person didn't like you back? That's the only person you wanted, right? It's the only one. Had to have them. Her, him, whatever. Had to have it. So if you have a little bit of mystere about you, when you are mysterious, people are intrigued by that and they want to know more and then they will be attracted to you. So when I recommend that you go to a networking event, I don't recommend going in and saying, oh, I'm going to pass out 50 business cards. Why? You're just wasting your stuff. Uh, collecting 50, again, wasting your stuff. Instead, have meaningful conversations with people you're eating with. Ask them about their business and what they're doing. And if they tell you a pain point that they're having or a problem that they have, or even mention that they're looking for an elliptical or they liked the cheesecake, I would be going home and finding an award-winning cheesecake recipe and sending it to them with just a note that said, hey, I met you today. You said you love the cheesecake. Here's this great recipe that I tried. I thought I'd pass it on to you. Hope all is well. And that's it. Don't offer to buy them coffee or pick their brains or anything along those lines. Just do that and just infiltrate slowly as you go. So I think there is another question over here. Okay, so uh, after I've done my presentations to three realtor offices, what do I do to secure the job? Do I phone every week? What do I say? What else can I do for them to take the bait? Um, first of all, I would say that great that you're doing office presentations. That's wonderful. I would go the networking route and again, infiltrate um, your little self as a little army walking into a real estate function and get to know people there. Um, don't bang your head against the wall. Um, if you've got, uh, you're pitching the same people over and over and over and nobody's biting, stop doing it. Go find somebody who cares. The other thing is that you also need to start um, writing down your closing rate. So when I say a closing rate in sales, you want to figure out what your closing rate is. Um, and by that, I mean, every phone call that you take, anytime you pitch your service to somebody, you need to write it down because for every 10 that you do, if you, your first one, you have one, uh, one book uh, appointment booked out of that, then you know that for every 10 people, you will book one person. And then you need 10 more people to get to that one. Then you raise that goal to two people. And by doing this and talking this and going through this exercise, you will actually be able to understand what the temperature is like in your local area. So if people are um, calling you, you'll know what's going on locally. You'll also be practicing your sales pitch. So you'll know this one went well, this one didn't go well, this person reacted this way, and you'll be able to massage what it is that you're doing. And then you'll increase your sales ratio as you go. Um, so the other thing that I recommend, um, is I, I, I totally understand, uh, the term take the bait, but also when, what happens to, to things when they take the bait, they typically die. So like when you're fishing, you get hooked, they took the bait, you kill the fish, you eat the fish, um, be passionate. I would just change that mindset just a teensy bit. It's really the smallest thing sometimes that 
that tweak on your mindset a little bit. Um, but I would um, focus on the ones that are interested, should I say, um, in what it is that you're doing. And if they're not, just move on, moveon.com and speak passionately about what you're doing. And um, when I say talk with passion, I mean, when you're talking about your staging business to your spouse and your spouse's eyes roll up in the back of their head because they're tired of hearing it, that's the passion that you speak to somebody about your business with. That is the passion that you bring to the table when you are talking to a real estate agent or to a homeowner. You want people to feel your passion for what it is that you do because when you have that passion, that shows how knowledgeable you are about a subject matter. And it shows that you really care and people are attracted to that. So I would 100% um, be going the aspect of full on passion, passion sells for sure. We're gonna have to wrap this up. I am so sorry, but we've got to get onto our leadership call. I appreciate everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Until next time, happy staging everyone.